welcome, welcome. This week, Diceratops presents part five of D&D Saga, Bed to the Bone. We have some big news about live shows for next year. I'll chuck that in at the end. Our players are Jules Bergeser and Tom Adams. I'm Morgan Davey, the Dungeon Master. Let's dungeon some dragons. Welcome, welcome. We're back for episode five of D&D Saga, Beard to the bone. I'm Morgan David, the Dungeon Master, and I am here as always with my two adventuring friends. And first of all, there's Jules Bergeser. Hello, Jules. How are you going? Hey, I'm doing okay. You know, Wonderful. I'm just doing good. Yeah. <laughs> and Tom Adams. How are you, Tom? I am also doing okay. okay. Uh, expect not a lot of sleep. Uh, so expect Jackwood to be uh, particularly absent minded. Um, this time <laughs> dial up a few extra notches extra notches I mean, well um i think hopefully we'll grab your attention pretty quickly starting off because we're about to dive into the situation where we left you last time you were in the teddy bear workshops showroom and the door had just been opened to reveal henry craddock from the great Craddock house come stalking in. He's the master of the hounds and he's very upset about the fact that two of his hounds are um, no longer around. And uh, he was followed by another one of his big hulking monstrous hound creatures whose sniffer was going furiously, which is a concern because as I recall, Jackwick and uh, Mascara were both hidden from from sight, but not perhaps from smell. Is that right? You you tell me what your hiding position is, as you recall it, uh, Tom. Uh, I recall, as I recall, uh, <laughs> uh, Jack Wicked um, grabbed uh, Matilda or Mascara, uh, and they're in a corner disguised as a giant teddy bear. Uh, but as Jack Wick sees um, this, uh, sees the 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 the, um, the dog doing the sniffing, he. Um, he uses. Uh, oh no, I don't have. Damn, why, why would I not have prestidigitation? Everyone has prestidigitation. Uh, I was going to say I was going to make a smell, but he he can't make a smell. So um, he's just going to very much hope that nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. So um, you are you are witness from behind this illusory teddy bear to the full throttle rage of Henry Craddock as he berates this um, poor craven assistant who's been helping you out with a teddy bear purchase mascara. Um, as Henry Craddock's eyes kind of flash with fury, you see on his face the familiar features of the Craddock family line who you so recently saw, the anger that you so recently heard through the walls, the Craddock house, which you had just raided very recently. This is another branch of the Craddock family. And... Uh, the temper seems to have carried over thoroughly as Henry says, what were you, what were you doing? What were you doing barring your door to me? You are only here by virtue of your subservience to my family and my family can have you and that beast out the back out of here in an instant if we so choose. But you know you have to pay off your debt to us and you will. And keep your doors open, especially while I'm searching. Now, where are my hounds? And he's like, oh. <laughs> and you can see that um, as he's trembling, 
he's he's trying to summon the breath to speak, but you're not sure what he's going to say if he's going to reveal your presence or not. Mascara, you're do you have any interve- intervention you want to make, or you just want to hope for the best? Oh, um, no, I think I think I'm just going to be frozen with teddy bear fear, <laughs> just like I am actually full of stuffing <laughs> at the moment. Um, yeah. I- I think Jack Wick's going to um, he's going to he's going to while still hidden and let me know if I can do this uh, still hidden in the teddy bear he's going to use thermotage to make the door slam behind Craddock mm-hmm. uh, as if as if someone were to be running out. Oh, interesting. Um, I think I am going to allow you to achieve this this uh, interesting move, but it's risky. So first of all, what I want you to do is. Um, First of all, pull off like a, a stealth because you're, you're doing your very, very best to keep yourself secret and contained within this illusion and hidden from the sniffing creature that has entered the space. So um, we'll have a uh, either a dexterity-based stealth or I'm willing to go with intelligence if either of you prefer. Um, I'll let both of you make a roll and we'll let the best, best roll count for the two of you. Okay, well, I, I'm going to go with an intelligence, mm-hmm. uh, and I've rolled a 17. Okay, well, that was the the raw roll, or was that with any stealth bonus? Oh, that, that was with a that was with my stealth bonus. Cool, 17. Is All my good. intelligence bonus is exactly the same. Oh, nice. Okay, well, if I are oh, you are kidding me, right? <laughs> oh no. Good, good. First roll of the uh, the episode there, uh, DM, and that would be a one that I've rolled on the dice. Uh, um, so even with my stealth bonus of yep. plus eight, yep. it's only a nine. <laughs> All right. Okay. So because I was allowing it to, to work as a group check where you were helping each other kind of stay tight and packed in, um, the the one it doesn't have any special mechanical effect but shall, shall we just say that it doesn't help and the other thing that doesn't help is the investigative nose of this beast rolling a nice 19 on my dice so um as it takes another step into the room and its nose goes its eyes turn and they fixate on the illusion and it's gazing right at the illusion takes a pace forward as it's doing this that's when Jack Quick, you um, pull off your Thaumaturgy. You rolled well enough not to give the game away with that spell, so you can p- perform the spell, and the door slams as you hope, you hope that you're going to be able to catch his attention and send the right idea across. I guess we're going to represent this with a... Um, oh, we'll make it a, another skill roll. We'll make it a charisma deception roll, charisma deception. Yeah, charisma-based deception sounds good to me. Oh, I like that because that's a 23. 23. Jack is skilled in the art of deception for a very (laughs) open book man that he is. Right. So, um, Henry Craddock, he uh, immediately spins on his heel, his uh, coat kind of flying behind him, and his his hair kind of flopping handsomely, and the door has shut. He... um, kind of lifts his shoulders and then glances back over his shoulder at, at this craven youth and said, who was in here? Someone was in here, weren't they? And he's already making for the door. Come, hound, come! 
I just as the as the dog yep. goes to leave, I mm. want to put out my invisible mage hand that I have as a rogue yep. and just pull on its tail like behind it because it's obviously probably still growling at us. Yeah. So I want to just like grab its tail and kind of yank it so that it spins around. You know, like that's <laughs> nice. kind of what I'm hoping to. Excellent. All right. So yeah, this 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 hound is like getting close to the teddy, and it's heard this instruction, and it's not going right away. It's just fixating on on where you are, both hiding in the illusion. And um, <laughs> Henry calls out, "Hound, come!" And then you yank on its tail, and it pulls back and spins with a yelp, and looks all all confused, and and then rears up on its hind legs. And because kind of with this loping stride goes over to the to the door and then drops down on all fours again, and um, Craddock opens the door and uh, he says, "Get out, Chase! It was uh, it was out there. Follow their scent. Find them!" And the hound bounds out. Craddock looks back and says, "I'm watching you, and I'll be back if I don't find anything." And he goes and slams the door behind him. And don't lock that door. And he's gone. What do you do? Uh, make sure that he does like hide by the window. <laughs> <laughs> Pop his head back in. Yeah. Oh, the, there we the go. The assistant kind of runs over to the window and, and looks out and then looks back and says, he's gone, but I don't know for how long. You're not meant to be here. Right. Well, I suppose we should buy that, uh, buy that uh, teddy bear then and then be off. Yeah, and and mascara pops her head out again after like this illusion, and it's like technically we weren't here. Jazz fingers. <laughs> you better go out. You better go out the back way. Uh, um, past you know, past the old beast and he bursts into tears describing his 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 camel friend as a beast um and as he does that he um says uh, and we need payment for the for the teddy bear or the magic won't work um did i actually ever get a price for it no no you didn't <laughs> um so mascara just like grabs the money pouch on her like on her belt and just goes, well, I'm not going to need it if we don't make out of here alive and just sort of throws the money mm -hmm. pouch on the bench and runs like cool. whatever's in it. Like yeah. hope it's enough. You know? <laughs> cool. And Jack walks, walks past and turns out his pockets, which are clearly empty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So, um, the money pouch lands on the bench and spills out. And as you, you the two of you start making for the exit, one of the coins um, <laughs> spills out that you hear this gasp from the assistant and says, oh, wait, wait, wait. But you're already through the back. You've come into the domain of the camel once again. And the camel tilts its head and looks at you and says, well, I hear you got off on the wrong foot with young Henry. Hmm? It would appear that way, sir. Uh, Henry, master of the owns, uh, does not seem so happy with us. Sorry. I just had a moment where I forgot that you didn't have H's. <laughs> it just struck me as funny all over again. Sorry. Uh, well, Mascara, and well, Jackwick, if you wish to risk taking the time, I would be happy to read your fortunes in the stars for you. 
neck well, stems I mean, is I did, a long neck. I did hear a uh, a voice telling me to wait, so his seems good. <laughs> the assistant <laughs> kind of comes. He's holding down. he's holding out the pouch, um, which is mostly full, and he's just holding one coin, and he thrusts the pouch back into um, your hand, mascara, and um, and then he holds up the coin to the camel and says, look, it's a Zompus coin. It's a Zompus coin. Uh, it's a Zompus coin. Like, great, but what is that? And why do I have it? <laughs> so the Zompus coins you uplifted from the, uh, the house that you had raided that first time that had the face on them. You, you got a couple I know, of them. I remember. Yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> And the, uh, the camel's eyes, uh, the eyelashes kind of flutter as it uh, leans in to ha- take a close look and then um, opens its mouth and the assistant kind of holds out the coin and he goes, and kind of bites on it with his big camel, camel teeth. Mm, and then licks all around his mouth. Genuine. Mm, with these coins, you would be able to gain access to almost any member of the Craddock house. <laughs> I thought you came with no identification at all, but you have the key to the household there, in a manner of speaking. So this will get us in the hole that's not a hole, or just in the house. <laughs> I don't Sarah know. is feeling thoroughly <laughs> like confused by this place. I don't know anything about the hole that's not a hole, but I do know that the Craddock household value the esteemed ancestor Zompas. His inventive nature was the foundation of all their wealth, his many inventions, some of which spread throughout the world, garnered them all of the money that they used to build their empire of bedding and related materials now. Huh, who would have thought? That a house I was just breaking into to prove it couldn't be, or could be, broke into, has got me in this much trouble. <laughs> and sort of turns around and looks at Jack Wick and goes, I guess, sorry? <laughs> Jack Wick just shrugs his, no, no, uh, let's just say feet as many entwined things. and But this does seem quite a coincidence, I will say that. <laughs> but look, Zompus. Zompus. <laughs> and not related to the owl within an owl. That's good. Yeah, I guess so. Well, Jack Quick, you you understand the nature of fate better than most. Would you like me to observe your fortune in the stars? All right, but I warn you, the last person who tried to do that was a tarot card reader, and their hands fell off. So, you know, (laughs) careful there. He turns to the assistant, who's like, I don't know if they've got enough time. Uh, Henry, Henry will be back. He says he'll be back. And then the camel says, I believe they're willing to take that risk. Fill the bowl. And the assistant kind of runs off and um, gets a jug of water and starts filling this little bowl in front of the camel and then pulls on this little rope and the ceiling, um, a little kind of tent covering over over the ceiling opens to reveal a um, crystalline window looking up into the now night sky. And... Um, the camel looks down into the bowl where the water is stilling to see the stars reflecting in there, somehow um, magnified or intensified by the light coming through the crystal. 
let us see what your future holds. So now, um, Tom, could you please roll a 20-sided dice for me? And the result on this roll, you will be able to refer back to later on at any point as your future um, comes true. So tell me what, what the future holds for you. Uh, lucky number 16. Number 16. Oh, I see a good fortune ahead for you. Something to do with uh, something to do with the color red, I believe. <laughs> so That's pretty on brand. Um, so when when uh, you want to use it, you tell me what is red in the environment, and then you just tell me that sixteen is the result you're going to use, and then we roll with like, it from there. I feel like that's going to be a real stretch to figure out what's red in the environment. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll think of something. <laughs> Oh, no, jam. <laughs> All right. Um, the assistant's like really jumping now and he's looking over his shoulder anxiously. Um, and uh, the camel, completely heedless to his concern, now looks at you, Mascara. Would you also like to have your future scene? Absolutely. And I turn over to, to not Henry, the shopkeeper, yeah. who we haven't named, uh, and, and just sort of say to him, don't you think the camel would know if he was going to come back? If he can tell fortunes. I mean, no, he's always taking these really? kinds of risks. He just stays here in the tent. He never pays any attention. I have to do all the fetching and carrying and they never even come in here. <laughs> oh, uh, here is a hypothetical. Uh, if uh, Henry, Master of the Owens, Keeper of the Zoo, were to come in, uh, could if he didn't go back, would who would come after him? Is there a Master of the Master of the Owens? <laughs> His brothers, all of the brothers who reside up at the house, they'll notice that he's missing at dinner and they will come. They'll all what? come riding out to find him. All right, well, we'll just... Okay. If we can't, we'll just take him to where we put the hounds. There's an H. Um, while he's doing this, he, he kind of reluctantly um, tips out that water and he goes and scoops up some more water and tips fresh water into the, into the bowl and he looks again over his shoulder. And um, Mascara, you get to, get to make a roll. I, I, yeah, I'm looking in the bowl too to see what I can see. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm like, what, what is this, what's this <laughs> thing? And um, apparently what I see is a 13. A 13. Okay. Lucky number 13. Hmm. Hmm, I see for you an opportunity to uh, deal with some problems very swiftly. Uh, simple problems. Simple problems will be resolved well by you. If, uh, if you remember to follow the light, follow the light and the problem will be resolved. So you have a 13 to apply at any, any appropriate moment. Okay. All right. Um, and Mascara sort of says, well, I mean, usually I work in darkness, but um, okay. Well, that should you make the so, light camel? stand out all the more clearly for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she nods like she knows what he's talking about and then looks at Jack Wick and sort of goes, crazy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack, Jack uh, whispers back in, in her brain. <laughs> 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 
I'm like, God damn it. I wish you wouldn't do that. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, well, we should probably go. Um, uh, thank you. You've been lovely. Uh, you and sort of points at the assistant and goes, you, um, you, uh, what is your name? My name? Well, everyone just calls me Pigwig. Right, Pigwig, um, you've been quite stressed. I would recommend chamomile tea. Okay, <laughs> I think we should head out the back here. Uh, is that where we're going? Out? <laughs> yes, out, out the back. Okay, so as, as we're doing this, because you had a, had a second reading mascara, I think we need to turn to the question of fate to see if um, mm -hmm. Henry Craddock is going to return. So can you just roll a dice for me? And um, let's say if it's a uh, oh, eight or better, then you're, you're good as gold. But the closer you are to that eight. <laughs> How's a nine? A nine. All right. Oh, I can hear the howling. I can hear the howling. And you two can hear this oh, oh, outside scarily close quickly out the back go go and he kind of ushers you through these big awnings and um there's a, a door beyond these awnings and he pushes open the door get out get out get out go good luck to you good luck to you what do you sir? <laughs> all right so you head out into the into the darkness and you're um going to try and get away now Henry is back and his hounds, um, they had a good smell of you before and um, you're in the vicinity. So how are you making your getaway? Is there anything special you're doing or are you just running for it? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. Um, is there, where was that map that we had? There it is. I remember. Um, Okay, there wasn't really any water on that map, so I don't really have anywhere to hut it for that. Uh, no, I there's, think there's uh, kind of a big, um, big hillside rising behind um, mm. the the shop, so you're kind of on an upward slope ahead of you. So if you don't want to go straight up, you're going to be getting closer to where the hunters are. Yes, Tom. Can from the, so because we're kind of behind the um behind the shop can mm. i see the the big guy lines for the giant teddy oh yes yes i think there would be a, a line or two that stretches this far back yeah so uh jack wick's going to um try and blast a couple of those uh and, <laughs> and drop the teddy in front so it looks like the teddy's attacking him maybe even wow okay yeah um, excellent idea. Excellent idea. So, um, you, um, as you and Mascara are kind of heading away, you spin and fire off Eldritch blasts towards the ropes and, um, a rope splits and the teddy begins to tip. And then, um, the other one, uh, goes, maybe there's a, a line quite near to where you are Mascara. And so you have the opportunity to add to the Fire bolt it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So the, the, um, guy line just suddenly catches fire and burns and then as the um teddy gets caught in the wind and leans against that rope goes tight and then splits at the fire point and then you just see the shape of this enormous teddy begin to tip down towards the front and you can hear um barking and howling and you can hear the voice of henry craddock what what is this monster doing 
and um, you can't hear much more than that as the wind rises and you, you make your getaway, leaving this conflagration behind. So they're thoroughly distracted and you can get well away from the shop. That was a splendid idea, a splendid idea. Um, Love it. Cool. So you um, head a little way up the, up the hillside because that's the opposite direction to where they are. And from that good vantage, you can catch your breath Look down at the shop where it's too dark now to really see what's happening down there. There's some lights, but but you can't hear um, the sounds of anything coming your way. And uh, yeah, looking further afield, you can see the lights of Craddock House up on the nearby hillside. Uh, you can look down and see um, there are kind of small lights amongst the mushrooms not far from here, the mushroom mm -hmm. farm. And, um, I was going to suggest we head towards that mushroom farm. It looks like it might be a good place to hide out temporarily yeah. rather than leaving ourselves out on this bare open hill. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in favour of that. Mushrooms and I have a natural affinity. So, yeah, let's go. Cool. Because oh, you're a fun guy too? <laughs> I'm a fun... No, I am an athling, but you are... I... I'm not entirely sure what happened there, but no. She's no like, uh, whatever. <laughs> like stomps <laughs> off down the hill. <laughs> oh dear. Cool. Um, so you begin to uh, make your way down the hill towards the mushroom farm. And as you get closer, um, you can see the, the large shapes of um, these, uh, well, it's, various kinds of fungi um, rising up. Some of them are kind of big cap mushrooms, but most of them are almost like tufty spears that rise high into the, into the sky. And um, there are little uh, kind of glowing little mushroom pods aligned along uh, little pathways that wind their way through the little gardens, the little mushroom gardens. And as you approach, you can see, walking along these little trails, happily um, kind of tipping fertilizer, you presume, on some mushrooms and carefully trimming other mushrooms. Uh, more mushrooms, little mushroom people, happy in their work. Um, so what do you do? You know, I, in my people, there is a story about mushrooms that if you eat, they make you taller. Now, in affling culture, that's terrifying. So normally I'd be... You know, I have problems with this, but mushrooms are okay. Uh, and, and Jack was going to kind of reach down and uh, he's going to see if any mushrooms that he recognized that are eatable. Hmm. Just um, he's a nature guy. <laughs> and I think Mascara would be slightly horrified seeing that there's mushroom people and Jack works about to eat a mushroom in front of the mushroom <laughs> people. Um, and would be like, do you really think that's a good idea? <laughs> like, you know, like, just as you're bringing it to your mouth, be like, cannibalism. It's basically cannibalism. I mean, you're not a mushroom. I mean, you know what I mean? It's murder. You do, you do notice a whole bunch of these little mushroom people kind of gazing, gazing at you as you are uh, bringing this mushroom to your mouth with their little beady mushroom and, eyes. And Jack freezes and goes, he just gives it a kiss and then puts it back down on the ground. <laughs> I love mushrooms. They're great. Mascara <laughs> thinks I'm one. Uh, <laughs> panic. So Sorry. The, the mushrooms kind of converge over this fallen mushroom and they keep looking up at you and looking down at the mushroom and then some of them pick up the mushroom and start carrying it away. <laughs> oh. oh, really now? You're cultivating these. 
<laughs> Suddenly you're worried about that one. I, th I, think, I, th I think they might be their friends, Jack Wick. Oh, well, then I, I am sorry. But in my defense, you are mushrooms. <laughs> there is from um, over in the field. So the, the big mushrooms that you're looking at, there's a, the biggest mushrooms that you are looking down on in this farm are kind of up to, um, up to Jack Wick's height, really. And so these little mushroom people are a lot smaller than that, moving their way around. Um, and most of the mushrooms are smaller, but they're all big, big mushrooms. But... Um, as uh, the small mushrooms are kind of reacting to this, you notice further away some of the um, uh, little mushrooms beginning to kind of get agitated and move about in a bit of a hurried way as a larger mushroom, about the same size as you, Jackwick, with a um, big purple cap rounded at the top, makes its way on stumpy little legs through to you. And it has a little flat mouth that opens and it says to you, Craddock? Jackwick. Uh, <laughs> mascara. Um, and then pulls the coin out and says, Zumpus? <laughs> Zumpus. 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 Craddock. 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 And the other mushrooms start going, woo, 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 and jumping around. Woo, woo. Craddock, Craddock. And then he turns and he starts um, walking away through the undergrowth and all the other mushrooms are like, wee, 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 and they kind of make way to allow you to follow if you so choose. I mean, I'm definitely following the purple-capped mushroom. I mean, I, I feel like if you see a purple-capped mushroom, you should always, like, follow it and maybe <laughs> lick it a little. <laughs> Now, I do hope that they are referring to the Craddocks who live in this area, and Craddock isn't some kind of word for, you know, lunch. <laughs> well, I mean, it seems to be going all right so far. You, you know, you're right. I am often too quick to jump towards, you know, being eaten. So, mm -mm -mm. I'm, I'm really glad you put the mushroom down. I think that might have gone worse. <laughs> And sort of is following. <laughs> <laughs> so you make your way along towards the, um, uh, along the path that has been opened up to you and you are led through the mushroom farm where there are lots of little mushroom people working away until you see this whole area where those big spear mushrooms I mentioned before are kind of being um, pulled apart by hand to reveal these luscious white soft fibers that are, um, being plucked and pulled out and extended and then laid on the back of wagons. Um, a big wagon load full of these soft, soft mushroom fibers is there and the purple mushroom looks and says, Craddock, ready, ready, Craddock. Uh, right. Uh, oh. uh, these are like bedding fibers. They think that we're taking these to the house. Craddock, ready. Oh. oh, I have an uh, idea. <laughs> are you thinking what I'm thinking, B1? <laughs> I, I don't know. Hang on, let me check. And then you can hear it in your brain going, pretend to be a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and you hear, you hear the what echo around in Mascara's head without even having, like, she doesn't say it out loud. She's just like, <clears throat> okay. Suddenly, a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> the other little mushrooms 
start spinning in place and bouncing up and down and making a higher pitch noise than before. And then the big one picks up the sense and then his little beady eyes go really big and his mouth opens. Bug! Bug! Bug? Little mushrooms are starting to run away. Bug! And then you feel the earth beneath your feet starting to vibrate. Uh, okay. uh like mascara's drawn her like crossbow <laughs> she's like pointing it at the ground she's like cool. uh cool uh, you point at the ground as it begins to part and open the soil breaks and emerging from it are these giant insectoid mandibles rising up bigger than the mushroom people bigger than you this whole insect body bursting out of the ground and looking down at the pile of sweet sweet fungus fibers ready to feast and uh, maybe to feast on some mushroom people and maybe to feast on the two of you and that's going to be our cliffing ending of this episode of bed to the bone so there we are for another week what what will happen next to our intrepid travelers will they die hopefully not <laughs> <laughs> well let's hope not otherwise it will be a uh, six-part storyline i guess um so let's hope we make it through part six and on to part seven um wonderful as always thank you tom thank you and thank you jules uh, uh, yep. Yeah. Stop <laughs> Hooray! Cool. Okay, bye. bye! Bye! This has been Diceratops Presents Bed to the Bone, Part 5. Bed to the Bone is also on YouTube. Find us there at DiceratopsNZ, which is also how you find us on Twitter and Facebook and Insta. Do sign up for our email newsletter at Diceratops.nz. We love to see you in those places. The big news. You'll already know it if you read the newsletter. It's the Fringe Festival has announced. And uh, we are putting on three, count them, three shows on successive Saturday nights in March 2021. Each show stands alone, but they also combine into a single storyline featuring the characters you know and love. If you're in town, you can book tickets right now for D&D Live. Don't dream it's ogre. I'm Morgan Davey. We are Diceratops. We love games and our shows are for everyone.